Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up on our first Mental Health Monday of the new year, out with the old and in with the new. It's easier said than done when the things that made 2020 such a challenge are still a reality as 2021 begins. Also this morning, new year, new career. I'll tell you about the opportunities available through the OH Fame program in a pair of virtual events happening this week. And Senator Sherrod Brown shares his take on the debate over the size of direct federal relief payments and congressional certification of the electoral vote. Coming up later this week as a new Congress is seated. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, January 4th, 2021. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast is calling for mostly cloudy skies today and a high of 36. Mostly cloudy tonight, a low of 31. A neat sight on South Main Street in Finley on New Year's Day. Dozens of fire trucks, police vehicles, and tow trucks drove down South Main and looped around Blanchard Valley Hospital a few times in a salute to healthcare workers and first responders. I thought it was incredible. It's very nice to see the community come together and show appreciation for everybody, each other. So this was very nice to see, especially on a Friday night, the start of the new year. And you can see video of that tribute parade on our website. A man is facing charges in connection with the shooting death of a Finley man from nearly three years ago. A Hancock County grand jury has indicted Jaden M. Edwards on a variety of charges, including complicity to commit aggravated murder. Prosecutors say the 24-year-old Edwards was heavily involved in the shooting death of 56-year-old Jeffrey Gary at an address on Fox Street in Findlay in February of 2018. Edwards is currently serving time in the prison in Marion on a separate aggravated robbery case. Get more on our website. Governor DeWine says more than 5,100 eligible on-premises liquor permit holders still have not applied for state assistance through Ohio's Bar and Restaurant Grant Program. The governor says each active permit holder is eligible for $2,500 per location. He says the funding isn't competitive and the money does not have to be repaid. Give more details on on, on Ohio's Bar and Restaurant Grant Program on our website. The Ohio State football Buckeyes will play for the national championship after drubbing the Clemson Tigers in the Sugar Bowl. Head coach Ryan Day couldn't be more proud of his team for how they handled the adversity all season long. To come back and win after last year with all the trials and tribulations we've been through in the last you know 12 months, uh, just couldn't be happier for this team. Uh, shows so much character. The Buckeyes will now, play, uh, will now play Alabama for the national title a week from today in Miami. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm Matt Demchek, WFIN News. The fourth day of 2021, and just in case you're counting, 361 days until the end of the year and 355 days until Christmas. So, so uh, start uh, checking your list and... Uh, what, making your list and checking it twice, isn't that is? See how quickly we forget. <laughs> so if you are looking for a reason to celebrate today, I, I it is Dimpled Chad Day, it says here, on the calendar of events. And I swear to God, when I looked at that, the first time I looked at that, I thought it said Dimpled Child Day. <laughs> I it, it, Dimpled Chad Day makes a whole lot more sense, uh, given... I, I'm 
thinking that it probably has something to do with the aftermath of the 2000 election where you had the dimpled chads and the hanging chads in Florida and all of that. So dimpled chad day today. But I, I honestly, when I first looked at that, I thought it said dimpled child day. And I thought, well, that's very nice. <laughs> day, a day to uh, honor, uh, honor your dimpled child. They're so cute. Um, but anyway, you can you can do that if you like. Uh, but it is actually uh, Dimpled Chad Day. It is also National Spaghetti Day, National Trivia Day today, World Braille Day, and World Hypnotism Day. Now, that is an idea I think we can all get behind, World Hypnotism Day. Could somebody please hypnotize me and uh, convince me that 2020 was all a dream? <laughs> we wake up and we had just dreamt uh, all of that, sort of like a... Uh, you know, Bobby Ewing thing on Dallas. Wake up in the morning, step out of the shower, and realize it's all been a dream. Anyway, good to be back uh, with you this morning after an extended period. Uh, it seems like forever since we've done a show. And it has been. It's been since last year, for crying out loud. No, seriously, the last show that we did was Christmas Eve Eve. And... Uh, and then, you know, with the holiday falling on Friday, you get those bonus days after, because normally we'd be back on the second day of January, ready to go for a new year. But because the holidays fell on a Friday, it kind of, it's weird. It's the 4th of January, and we're just doing our first show of the new year. It just seems like it was a, a long, a long break. I was ready to get back uh, in the... Uh, Back in the old air chair here today. So good to be with you this morning. Some of the first things you need to know, uh, the most uh, interesting and buzzworthy stories to start off your day. I saw this on the uh, on the Newswire, a New York Times article on Saturday called 2020, the year of buyer's remorse. <laughs> and it got me thinking, did you did you impulse buy something? last year during the pandemic that you likely would not have otherwise that was kind of the gist of the of the piece 2020 the year of buyer's remorse among some of the things that people cited in the article that they bought that they now regret a 32 year old woman who bought a nintendo switch to play animal crossing the video game that became super popular amid the pandemic before realizing she had to complete endless chores in the game, and she gave up after 15 minutes. <laughs> so she went out and bought a whole new video game system just to play this one game and then gave up after 15 minutes. That's a regret. There is the 24-year-old woman who lives alone who bought a 20-pack of toilet paper during the early toilet paper shortages. She realized when she got home she had no place to keep it in her one-bedroom apartment. And then discovered that the paper was single-ply and rough. <laughs> so, nobody wanted... She tried to pawn off rolls to family and friends. No one wanted them. We'd rather go without. <laughs> There's the 30-year-old man and his wife who bought a, an 1890 farmhouse in Connecticut back in September amid a heated market. Even though he knew about some of the issues with the house, like needing a new septic tank and a new furnace which are not inexpensive upgrades, they're bothering him now more than he thought that they would. So, big regret. <laughs> buying an, impulse buying a new home. I mean, 
whoever thought that we would be talking about that, that's that's what they did. 51-year-old man from or woman from Tennessee whose husband came home one day last spring with a slide-in camper for his truck. But, she says, the $10,000 camper is too big for her husband's truck and makes it so dangerous that they haven't used it. <laughs> because it's so big, it presents like a... It throws off the weight balance. They're worried it's going to tip over. They haven't even used it. So they spent all that money on a slide-in camper for the truck. Because that was that was how people people rediscovered camping in the great outdoors. So they thought, oh, this would be great. And nope. nope. And then there is the 38-year-old New Hampshire woman who already was an impulse buyer, admittedly, before the pandemic. She says she made several remorse purchases during the pandemic including a board with bungee cords for resistance training, a sewing machine, (laughs) a TV with a built-in DVD player, and now that sounds, that is something that is really outdated in this era of streaming. A TV with a built-in DVD player. And roller skates. She bought a pair of roller skates. She says, She also bought a foreign language learning program for her four-year-old and seven-year-old children, neither of whom, nine months later, speaks another language. (laughs) The year of buyer's remorse in 2020. That was pretty good. Uh, Let's see. You know, it is common to get a little bit of the post-holiday blues once all of the celebrations are all over. But the 2020 holidays may have made those blues even worse this year. Dr. Desreen Dudley is a clinical psychologist and says post-holiday blues are negative mood changes that set in after the common buildup of intense and high emotion uh, during the holiday season. He says that uh, readjusting to normal life can be tough, especially following 2020's socially distanced holidays, which could have included feelings of grief. Signs you might be feeling the post-holiday blues into the new year. Sadness, low energy, difficulty concentrating, difficulty sleeping, low motivation, worry, stress, and more. I say both children and adults can experience this. And <laughs> he says the, the, one of the best ways to alleviate these feelings of post-holiday blues, maybe take some time off work instead of jumping right back in. I'll tell you what, I saw that on the uh, Newswire this morning. I was like, please don't give me any more time. I was ready to come back to work. I, I had enough time off. So. I just thought that was kind of interesting. You have the post-holiday blues. Um... This may give you the blues. The Institute for Policy Studies says despite the downturn in the economy and the COVID-19 pandemic, some are doing just fine. Thank you. There are 56 new billionaires in the U.S. Between mid-March and December 22nd, 56 people joined the billionaires list in the U.S., bringing the total now to 659. America's billionaires hold roughly $4 trillion in wealth, wealth, that is, roughly double what the 165 million poorest people in the country hold. 
Further, the 10 richest people in the country have a combined net worth of more than a trillion dollars. That'll make you feel a little the post-holiday blues. <laughs> and how about this? Uh, one of the most uh, interesting and buzzworthy stories. Of course, the new year brings a spate of new laws around the country. Every year, this is not new to 2021, uh, every year, new laws take effect the new year, and old laws are abolished, are taken off the books. Probably the most interesting one this year is in LaGrange, Indiana, where they have lifted a ban that was meant to stop hippies from gathering. <laughs> it was implemented in 1971, made restrictions on gatherings of over 500 people, that lasted more than 12 hours. County Commissioner Dennis Kratz called, called it the anti-hippie ordinance that they have finally repealed. Officials decided to get rid of the ban as part of the annual sweep of archaic regulations. The anti-hippie ordinance from 1971. They say, I think, I think we've survived the hippie generation, although... Restrictions on gathering of gatherings of over 500 people that last more than 12 hours. You still have those. It's just they're not anti-hippie regulations nowadays. Anyway, there you go. Some of the uh, more interesting and buzzworthy stories to start off your Monday morning. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile app for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Online at WFIN.com and on on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices. Well, out with the old and in with the new, if there has ever been a year where that has been a more appropriate mindset, this would be the one, but it's sometimes easier said than done. Joining us this morning is Bailey Kerr. She is director of programs for NAMI of Hancock County, the local chapter of the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and today's Mental Health Monday. And Bailey, it's, you know, we always say this uh, when we hit the new year, we kind of turn the page, we start fresh. Obviously, a lot of folks need to do that uh, this year, but when these issues that we're trying to turn the page from continue, it's not always that easy. Right. Um, so we, in this last year of 2020, had dealt with things that we haven't had to deal with in most of our lives. Right. Um, and even in our our past generations haven't dealt with something similar to this. And what we've seen is a lot of struggle with mental health alongside of all these new challenges, it's hard to maintain any kind of balance in our lives when everything could be different tomorrow every single day. So we've really seen a lot of struggle that in 2020 and very difficult looking forward to 2021, still feeling kind of uncertain about what is next and what we should be doing next. Is there a way to sort of manifest that mindset of, of starting fresh, starting new, when there are still so many uh, uncertainties uh, it's always kind of do, good to do a mental reset, but when you're not really sure what's going to happen next, as you said, you know, what's the strategy for that? 
the best thing to do uh, is really kind of look in, look in within ourselves and look at what we can control ourselves. And while a lot of times what that comes down to is what we can control is really only our mindset and, and what we want to do with our own time and our, our own selves. And so sometimes we can't control if an event's canceled or um, what what happens next in the external. We can certainly control what we're going to do mm-hmm. and how resilient we're going to be through that situation. And so a lot of times those decisions are actually internally about how we react to something versus um, what how we're going to change the circumstances. So it's kind of how we adapt and overcome. And so being a little bit more creative about how we do things, I think 2020 has challenged us to be a much more creative in our ways of thinking. And 2021, I think, certainly is going to bring the same creativity to the board. So looking at, like, if I'm maybe not able to travel for the holidays, which we saw a lot of, and we're struggling with that feeling of isolation, how can I connect with other people? Yeah. And so there are ways to connect with other people, even though that might not be what we planned originally. We can be creative and still how we connect. You know, that has been, as you said, a recurring theme through 2020 and for the foreseeable future, at least for the first several months of 2021. It certainly is going to be uh, the more of the same. Why do you what do you say to those who respond would respond? You know what? I, I'm tired of <laughs> of these connect. You know, we talk about uh, time and time again the the importance of remaining connected with uh, those that you love. Um, you know, reimagining events that get canceled and finding creative ways of doing this. And and I think there's this big mindset, especially as we head into 2021 and turn in the calendar and you know new new year new start, all of that, and people are saying, I, I'm just tired of trying to reimagine or, or trying to connect online. Me too. <laughs> I'm tired too. <laughs> I think we're all tired, and, and us professionals are no different than anyone else. We're all tired. It, it has been a very strenuous experience. The whole experience has been. And so what I would share is that use your support. And if you don't have support, find supports. And that's what NAMI really is there for is um, trying to connect people with more support. So not like a, like on a professional level, while we can refer to therapists and other professional services, we're really here to help build peer connections. We're based off of peer experiences and all of our programs are peer led, meaning that we've lived it too. And so it's really about building relationships with other people. And so when we're struggling, we're feeling really tired. It can be time to recharge by like, just reaching out to someone and saying, Hey, I'm tired. (laughs) Let me, let me vent to this and let me, and and to just be able to connect with someone that also is like, yeah, I'm tired too. And this is what's going on for me can just be a recharge in itself. And so if you don't have people like that to talk to and just really be free and let it out with, um, NAMI can be a great place to start where you can find someone that is feeling that way as well. And we can kind of help connect people to others, to others through the circumstances. There is some comfort in understanding that we're not alone, that just because we're feeling uh, the frustration and the, uh, uh, I'm going to say cabin fever, again, that's another thing uh, as we come into these long uh, winter months, January and February, mm-hmm. uh, we hear that phrase over and over, but it is a real thing and it's always maybe a little comforting to know that we're not the only ones who are dealing with this. Absolutely. I think that can be one of the most comforting things. Just know that we're not alone. Pain can feel very isolating. And when we know that we're not alone in our pain, um, that 
can alleviate so much of it, just knowing that we're not alone through it. It's true what they say, misery loves company, um, <laughs> but that doesn't have to be such a negative thing. It doesn't have to mean that we want to bring other people down. It can also mean that like, to just know we're not alone um, really can help in itself. And so misery loves company. Yes, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, the the other, the other phrase that, that comes to mind is that, that old saying that it is darkest before the dawn. And I I know that a lot of folks, again, with the, the governor was talking about this kind of the other day when he was talking about the vaccine being available and we just have to make it through these last few months before we can finally maybe start to get back to normal. But is there a risk that we set ourselves up for some unrealistic expectations about how quickly maybe things can get back to normal, as it were? That's a tough one. Um, I obviously have no no way. I have no crystal ball. I have no way of knowing right. what can be a realistic and, expectation. And for none us. of us do. Yeah, I'm, I'm with everyone else on that. And so with our expectations, really, I think that um, keeping short-term goals in mind and, and mm. really focusing on the internal versus the external can be really helpful with that. Um, but truly, it, it could be the darkest before the dawn, but I think with the, the trouble with that is, is this really truly the darkest or is it going to get worse? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it can also bring that like that well, negative that's... mindset along with it. So it's good to be careful with that, I guess, thought process because yeah. it could lead us into oh my gosh, it's going to get worse. Yeah, try, trying to not, not look too far uh, into the future uh, and, and just trying to you know, maintain, the, uh, maintain ourselves uh, in the present. You know, the other thing, and again, this circles back to the whole New Year's uh, tradition of setting the resolutions, setting the goals for the next year, and is maybe this year not the best year to set these big grandiose goals for the year ahead? I think that in a goal in itself, and this is part of my social work, I think probably coming out for you, is that I think a goal in itself is to be more present and to be more adaptable and flexible. That itself can be a goal. Mm. You can really write anything into a goal. As long as you can come up with ways that you can measure it, it can be a goal. So if you can find ways to be, change your, your goals from like, I want to do this, like I wanna, I'm going to do this marathon this year, or I'm going to like lose 50 pounds or yeah. whatever that is, those are health examples for example but the doing something like i'm going to feel i'm going to become more flexible and adaptable this year and so when things don't go my way or as planned i'm going to come up with a plan on how i'm going to to deal with that and so it can be less harmful to me and i can kind of continue with my life without it being such a hurdle and so coming up with new coping skills can be a great goal um, new things that you can kind of more, more so control internally, like I'm going to work on some breathing exercises or meditation, or I'm going to listen to more music or whatever that is, that you can kind of have a lot more control over with yourself, like learning those coping skills through those tough times can itself be a goal. I think it's really just relooking at what our goals are versus saying it's not a good time to set goals. It's a good time to reevaluate how we set goals and what kind of goals we do set. Entering 2021 with the right mindset in this morning's Mental Health Monday. Bailey Kerr is Director of Programs in NAMI Hancock County. And you mentioned that uh, you are there for peer support. It's always good, uh, again, sometimes to to get that peer support uh, when maybe folks are uncomfortable uh, going to a a professional. Maybe peer support is something that people would be more comfortable with, that they need a little bit of help in navigating these uncertain times. How do folks reach out to you? People can reach out through our phone. Um, our phone number is 
Um, we can also find us online. Um, our website is www.namihancockcounty.org. So all spelled out. <laughs> um, we have a Facebook page that you can reach out to as well. And so that's just NAMI Hancock County as well. And we will uh, link up to those resources on our webpage as well. Bailey, thanks very much for taking the time. Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you. Happy New Year. Good to be back into the swing of things as we head into 2021 after a little bit of uh, extended time off for the holiday season. And we were talking a little bit earlier, this is the time of year and we do all of those uh, New Year's resolutions and so on and so forth. And if maybe you have resolved to make a change in your career this year, you have the opportunity to learn about some opportunities that are available through the OH Fame program uh, with a, a virtual event happening this week. Uh, Raise the Bar Executive Director uh, Trisha Valesque is with us uh, this morning. And uh, Trisha, first of all, thanks for uh, joining us. Happy New Year. Happy New that. Year. Yes. Um, so I, we've talked about this before, but again, to bring people up to speed for those who are not familiar, talk a little bit about what Raise the Bar is, your mission, what it is that you do. Yeah, Raise the Bar Hancock County is a nonprofit here in town. Mm-hmm. We are a convener. We are designed to help develop workforce efforts that'll get individuals financial security and also grow the economic prosperity of our county. And obviously, in 2020, there was a lot of economic uncertainty for so many people. So the opportunity to learn about programs, specifically the OH Fame program, that can get people, you know, kind of hit the ground running in learning skills for a new career is just a fabulous opportunity here. 2021 looks very uh, optimistic for mm-hmm. our manufacturing industry. There's definitely a lot of jobs around town, and one job that's on the mind of a lot of our employers is this manufacturing technician, somebody who is going to help keep their lines open and perhaps running even more smoothly and effectively because they're demand is up for production mm-hmm. yeah. and they need these individuals right now. Yeah, that is one of the maybe misperceptions uh, is that there are just aren't any jobs available. And certainly during the pandemic, we saw a lot of business closures, some of them temporary. Uh, unfortunately, maybe some of them uh, permanent. Uh, there may be some job loss uh, because of that, but that doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities that are out there. There are a lot of jobs that are going unfilled just because there aren't people with the proper skills. So OH Fame is designed to give people those skills while getting that real world experience at the same time, right? That's correct. The OH Fame program is a two-year program where individuals would work with their employer for their employer three days per week, Mm -hmm. uh, first shift. And then the other two days per week, they would go to Owens Community College and get those technical trade skills that they need. They would work on hydraulics and pneumatics, electrical, um, learning safety culture, so that they would be transferring that immediately into their workspace every day yeah that's that's really the the key here is transferring those skills immediately and then having that opportunity to uh, remain in those positions after the the training correct you are hired in as an employee and then at the end your pay would likely increase significantly because they're hiring you in less as an entry-level position Mm -hmm. and more as a full-time manufacturing technician so and this by the way is a unique program uh, it, it is not necessarily one of a kind, but but unique in the state, I understand, right? We are the only 
place in the state who is yeah. offering this type of program. There are earn and learns all over the state. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are more familiar with the apprenticeship programs right. that are at individual companies. But this is unique to Ohio, but there's 13 other states around the country doing this. Yeah. So uh, how does this work? How would someone uh, become involved with the OH Fame program, sign up, and, and, and how much how much flexibility do they have in terms of you know, what employers they work for, what kind of skills, what kind of position that they want to pursue? We have seven employers who are looking to hire. Some are looking to hire right away here in 2021. So if you are having a new career, new year, mm-hmm. this would be the time for you to consider it. They ha- We have Grand Packaging. We have Freudenberg Stealing Technologies, Molten, Nissan Break Ohio, Kalmbach Feeds, DS Brown, and we are, you know, asking for applications right now to be in by January the 10th for priority interviews. Wow. So that's Sunday. Yeah. So that's coming up this week. But which is why the open house is so important for individuals to attend on Friday from 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. We'll have it virtually. So you need to make sure that you have video and audio capabilities with your computer and mobile device. Mm-hmm. And you would be at a roundtable meeting each of these employers. And that would allow you to get a feel for them and they to get an early feel for you. It's not an interview. It is an informational session, but that gives you some flexibility and understanding. There are some companies you might want to work for and some you might not want to. Yeah. And, and, and because it sounds like all of the positions are relatively similar, but not exactly the same. That's correct. There's so at some of the companies, you know, you would be the, t- the technician working under a mentor and at other companies, they're looking to maybe more specialize you. Okay. But it is up to the company, and you might find a better fit with one in the culture or just um, those that you work with or the mentor. You might just find a better relationship. And as you mentioned, this is a two-year program. It is a two-year program. Basically, you would start in the summer of Mm -hmm. 2021 where you would work for the company as often as you can. And come August, that's when you start the split schedule. And so you can earn a lot of money right away you know we're asking uh, companies they have to pay at least $15 an hour and some of them are very much above that and then you start that split schedule so again for those who may be saying it this sounds great but I need to be making money I need to uh, have an income right away this again plays right into that right and that's why coming to the virtual open house you can ask those questions to the employers who are seeking individuals because Mm -hmm. you can say would you offer benefits if I came now are you going to be able to hire me on full-time even while I'm working? Those are individual company agreements with your employees. Right. And so that come to the open house and learn more. Are there certain requirements for individuals to be a part of this program? I mean, obviously, I would imagine high school diploma or equivalent. That is would correct. Be, yeah. That's the minimum is your high school diploma. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to have testing scores. Let's say you're fresh out of high school. You probably have your ACT scores in the last couple of years turn those in. If you're an individual who is looking for a career change and you probably haven't taken a test in quite a while. Say, this is not limited to just is, folks straight no, out of high school. So yeah. come and um, Owens Community College, they do ask you to take their AccuPlacer test, which is reading and the math and the writing. And the first sitting with them is free. So okay. you might as well go and take the test and see how you do. And if you get the minimum score to be accepted by Owens, then you're, you can apply. And is there a, a limit on the number of individuals that you can accept into the program each year? We have spots for 13 individuals okay. this year. Okay. So again, the deadline is coming up. Uh, there are only a limited number of spots available for this year's round. And so very important that folks sign up and uh, for the uh, open house, the virtual uh, open house, 
to get that information, learn how to make the application, and then get the ball rolling on this. We would love for everyone to be able to come into the facilities right now, but we understand that that's just not feasible or safe. And so virtual open house is the best that we can do, but applying early allows you that priority spot. If, you know, all the spots do not go filled after our January interviews, we'll continue to keep applications open. So if now the timing isn't right or you want to think about it, you can, but just know that the spots might be filled, but you could still consider uh, looking into it come the end of January, early February at the latest. Again, as we mentioned, the uh, virtual event, uh, and and initially uh, when we were talking about this, uh, we were previewing uh, this segment, we talked about a pair of virtual events. There was originally an event scheduled for tomorrow, but uh, they've kind of been combined uh, into Friday. Yeah, so, for the most the ideal timing for everybody. Yeah. Uh, so just to, to explain that to folks who would, I thought they were talking about two of them event, uh, events this week, but uh, just the one is the revised schedule. Um, and we've just kind of scratched the surface on what this is all about. There is more information on your website, right? Yeah. OHFame.org is our main website, and there is an event page on there. So okay. go ahead and look at the tabs and click on event, and that tells you all the details and how to register. Very good. Uh, raise the Bar Executive Director Teresa, uh, Trisha Valesk is uh, with us this morning uh, talking about the opportunities available through the OH Fame program, uh, a virtual event happening this week to get more of those questions answered. Trisha. Thanks very much for dropping by. We Thanks, appreciate Chris. it. Chris. I appreciate it. New year, new career. Well, if you think about it, in the middle of a global pandemic, probably the last thing that we needed to do during the holiday season is add to our debt load. But that is exactly what many Americans did, apparently. With that story and more of the week's consumer news, here is consumer affairs correspondent Mark Huffman. Holiday sales were higher this season, but not by much. MasterCard Spending Pulse reports retail sales rose 2.4% between November 1st and Christmas Eve. Consumers focused on household goods and food more than traditional gifts. They also avoided stores and purchased online. While holiday spending showed a modest increase, the people doing the spending were racking up more debt. The latest Magnify Money survey shows consumers who use credit cards or took out loans increased their debt by an average of nearly $1,400. A report by Modern Retail, an industry trade publication, says the crush of online purchasing that has occurred since March has caused most retailers to evolve their return policies, especially for online purchases over the last few months. The report says retailers are giving consumers more time to return holiday gifts. Fewer people are packing up and moving to start new jobs. The latest report from outplacement firm Challenger Gray and Christmas shows the relocation rate for job seekers fell to 4.2% in the third quarter. The rate had spiked to more than 7% in the second quarter because of the pandemic. Two industry reports show home prices surged in the final months of 2020, offsetting the advantage buyers got from record low mortgage rates. One report from real estate broker Redfin shows the median home sale price rose 14% in the four-week period ending December 20th. Rents actually went down a bit during the pandemic, but a new report from real estate marketplace Zillow suggests this break for renters is coming to an end. Zillow analysts say they expect rents to continue their late-year surge and post the largest increase since 2005 in the coming year. 
Nissan is recalling nearly 4,000 older Sentras for airbag issues. The airbags were previously inspected and may have been released without replacing the Takata airbag inflators. Several pet food products have been recalled after 28 dogs died after eating them. Three brands of sport mix products for dogs and cats made by Midwestern Pet Foods may contain potentially fatal levels of the toxin aflatoxin. King of Fans, a distributor in Florida, is recalling approximately 190,000 Hampton Bay 54-inch Mara indoor-outdoor ceiling fans. The company has received reports of the fan blades detaching while in use. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. It is not the first time that we have uh, heard of those types of recalls of ceiling fans where the blades can detach while they're... Well, they're in use. Suddenly you've got these flying projectiles all around the, the home. That would not be a good thing. A couple of other uh, recent recalls to make you aware of. Uh, Target recalling about 300,000 infant rompers because the snaps can break or detach, posing a choking hazard. Uh, also, Target recalling about 180,000 infant and toddler girls one-piece rash guard swimsuits because again the snaps can break posing a choking uh hazard to uh, to children so similar recalls on two very different uh products for infants and children infant rompers and uh infant and toddler girls one-piece rash guard swimsuits all from target you get more details on those recalls at Target's website and more details on all of the latest consumer news and product recalls at goodmornings.net. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's broken news report, a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Welcoming a new sponsor in the new year, making it possible to continue to bring you the odd and unusual side of the news. It was great. Uh, welcome, Hancock County Veterans Services. On board Dateline, Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Where a man claiming to be the love child of the sun and moon decided to flex his celestial powers by stealing a police cruiser carrying a canine unit. <laughs> Obviously, police brought that man right back down to earth. It all happened last week. Um... The uh, Pennsylvania Real-Time News reports that Christopher Dryden stole the unlocked cruiser right out of the local police headquarters, but not before shouting that the moon is his mother and the sun is his father. <laughs> Officer Tyson Minier says he heard his dog making a racket and ran outside just as his vehicle rolled out of the lot. Several troopers pursued and kept trying to, they pursued on foot, as the vehicle was rolling out of the uh, parking lot, kept trying to yank the driver's side door open. A slapstick-like montage ensued with police opening the door, Mr. Dryden closing it on them while driving, all uh, accompanied to the by the tune of a very mad canine that was repeatedly smashing against its cage to take a chunk out of its would-be kidnapper. Eventually, law enforcement won out, managed to stop the car, and wrestled uh, Mr. Dryden out of the vehicle. Bail has been set at $7,500, and uh, Mr. Dryden remains in jail. He faces numerous charges, including disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, receiving stolen property, and theft. Oh, and illegal taunting of animals. And by the way, just to 
add to the fun, he also was charged with driving on a suspended license. <laughs> Just for good measure. As for the officer whose car was stolen, policy states that all cruisers must be locked when left unattended, even in the police parking lot. So chances are pretty good that Mr. Minier got an earful from his superior officer, at least. His dog was probably none too happy either. All's well that ends well, I guess. Elsewhere in the broken news... Some thieves are actually good-hearted. This is a great story. University of New Mexico student Conrad Duran says he had picked up uh, secondhand a couple of old dining chairs. He was going to try and fix them up for use inside of his home. You know, college students, you know, they take a lot of secondhand stuff and repurpose it and try to, you know, uh, make do with what they can. Uh, So uh, Mr. Duran says uh, he left the chairs outside of his garage door. Uh, When he returned home from work that day, and this was Christmas Eve, by the way, when he returned home from work, he found that someone had taken his chairs. Who would do this? He was very disheartened. disheartened. But then when he returned home following the holiday weekend, the chairs were back with a fresh coat of paint and new upholstery. (laughs) He said there was a note on one of the chairs uh, talking about doing good for others. Somebody had taken them and re, re, completely redone them, refurbished them, reupholstered them, and brought them back. Mr. Aran says, I, I thought they had been stolen, and then lo and behold, somebody had taken them, redid them, and returned them as a Christmas gift. See, they look absolutely beautiful. That is awesome. Uh, elsewhere in the broken news, <laughs> Travis Holton was pulled over in Monroe County, Florida. Uh, Apparently, he was... uh, The cops stopped him because his license plate was not illuminated. No big deal, right? Just a minor thing. Uh, Other deputies arrived on the scene, and uh, they were called in after (laughs) Mr. Holton uh, got out of his uh, vehicle and two bags of amphetamines fell out of his pants. What was a routine traffic stop got much more serious. K-9 was called in, discovered the presence of drugs in the car. Mr. Holton insisted he didn't have any drugs and agreed to a search. And uh, when uh, Mr. Holton was asked to widen his stance so that they could search him, uh, two sandwich bags fell out of his pants. Uh, He said the substance was uh, just two ounces of molly. The uh, drugs tested positive for amphetamines, and he was charged with trafficking. (laughs) Didn't quite end the way he expected that stop to. And finally, in the uh, broken news, this is a really really sad story in Germany, where a swan held up traffic, train traffic, on the commuter train tracks, for several hours, reportedly mourning the death of its mate. The animals had reportedly been together when one of the birds accidentally flew into a power line above the tracks uh, near Gottingen, Germany. The bird was killed by the, by the shock, and its mate sat below the spot of the accident right there on the tracks in mourning. 23 trains were delayed, 
uh, as attempts to lure the bird away were unsuccessful. Delays lasted for about an hour. Eventually, firefighters used special equipment to remove the dead bird and remove the live bird, uh, which was released to a nearby river. How sad is that story? But on the other hand, try explaining that one to your boss while you were late for work. Honestly, there was a, a swan in mourning sitting on the tracks. That was... I swear, that's how, that's why I'm late for work. There you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. A public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. WFIN thanks you for listening and reminds you to listen online around the clock at WFIN.com. Gordon Deal, Good Mornings with Chris Oaks, plus Brian Kilmeade, Bill O'Reilly, Rush Limbaugh, and Dave Ramsey. Plus, you'll get all our locally originated sports programming. Listen live and grab our free mobile apps for iOS or Android at WFIN.com. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. New nationwide survey by OnePoll, OnePoll.com, revealed the list of the top bad habits that Americans picked up during the coronavirus quarantine lockdowns of 2020. Uh, See if any of those, uh, see if any of these are any surprise whatsoever to you. Uh, number one, the top ba- uh, bad habit picked up during quarantine, snacking more throughout the day, 40%. So that was the uh, top bad habit that they picked up uh, during 2020, snacking more throughout the day, just uh, grazing, binge eating, eating more comfort foods, a close second at 39%, uh, 33%, one in three of us, one third of Americans say they're not eating as many fruits and vegetables as they should because of the uh, quarantine uh, lockdowns. Uh, 32% said drinking too much caffeine was the top bad habit they picked up in the past year. Uh, the same number, 32% said eating more junk food. And I, a lot of these kind of tie into each other. I mean, a lot of these are along the same vein. Not eating three meals a day, 31% said that that was their top bad habit they picked up. Drinking too much. Uh, drinking too much alcohol, 26%, so one in four. And no surprise there. That is, again, one of the things that we talked about many times during the last year is uh, you know, trying to drown our sorrows, as it were, is drinking more uh, alcohol. 26%, that is their top bad habit of the year. Not exercising, 25% said that. Again, one in four said not exercising is the top bad habit they picked up, although... Again, this is something we've talked about uh, in the past. Many people actually exercised, ended up exercising more during the pandemic. So that actually was a bit of a surprise, I thought, on that list. 23% said their top bad habit they picked up in 2020 was staying in their pajamas all day. <laughs> I had a few of those days <laughs> during the during the lockdown, staying in the PJs all day. Uh, oversleeping during a work day while working from home, 11% said that that was their top bad habit. Yeah, you do not want to get into that bad habit uh, because that can, be, that can be really hard to break, oversleeping during a work day while working from home. So what are we going to do about all of these bad habits? Uh, the same survey asked folks to rank their top 
plans to be healthier in 2021? What are we going to do during the coming year to overcome all of those bad habits that we have picked up? Well, 53% say that we're going to exercise regularly. Again, this is no surprise because getting more exercise is a common New Year's resolution. That's not to say that it happens very often. A lot of folks don't carry through with that resolution, but it is a very popular resolution every year. 53% say that is their top plan to be healthier in 2021. Again, be interesting at the end of the year to go back and see how many people kept up with that. Eating more fruits and vegetables, 51% said that meal planning, better meal planning, 36%. 35% said they're better going to better regulate their sleep schedule, which again is good if you've been oversleeping during a work day while you're working from home. Better regulate your sleep, sleep schedule. 33% plan to take up jogging. So, again, circling back to exercising. Uh, better portion control in our meals, 29% said that was their top plan to be healthier in 2021. Uh, 23% admit that they're probably going to sign on to a fad diet. And 21% say that they are going to drink less alcohol. So, it's kind of interesting. 26% of us said we drank too much alcohol last year, but only 21% plan to drink less. <laughs> so I'm wondering about that 5% there that admit I've been drinking too much, but I have no no plans on cutting back. <laughs> who are those 5%? You know who you are. I saw this story on the Newswire this morning kind of gave me a chuckle. It appears that uh, some Americans are sending requests to Mitch McConnell's online accounts asking for their $2,000 stimulus payments. Hey, give me my money! <laughs> Twitter users uh, claiming that they are using Venmo and PayPal to demand money from uh, the Senate Majority Leader uh, posting screenshots of uh, their requests because on uh, Venmo and uh, PayPal, you can ask someone for a payment. You can send a request for payment. So they're sending, uh, apparently on Venmo, it says the user at Mitch McConnell actually changed his uh, username to please stop sending requests. <laughs> so apparently there have been so many of those uh, coming in that uh, it is kind of overwhelming. I don't know if that's the real Mitch McConnell uh, or not, but it's uh, it's kind of uh, humorous. People uh, getting a little anxious about those uh, those payments and the financial uh, hardships brought on by the uh, coronavirus. A new Congress, of course, was seated yesterday. Actually, swearing in was uh, yesterday, and although the balance of power in the Senate for the new session still hangs in the balance pending the outcome of Georgia's runoff election tomorrow. The final orders of business last week were, of course, the override of the president's veto of the defense spending bill and then the the story that got uh, a lot of play over the past couple of weeks, the latest coronavirus stimulus package, which includes those direct payments to Americans, which the president has said are not big enough. And uh, as soon as the president said he wanted to up those payments to $2,000, congressional Democrats hopped on board. But again, Mitch McConnell blocked that move. On Thursday, New Year's Eve, we spoke with Senator Sherrod Brown about those lingering issues as we head into the new session. 
Senator Mitch McConnell has said there will be no vote on those uh, $2,000 stimulus checks that the president uh, recommended without the president's other priorities attached, removing liability protections for Internet companies and investigating irregularities in the November election. I'm assuming that those are non-starters for you. Well, the the fact is that we've been trying to get Senator McConnell to uh, bring this $2,000 check directly, direct payment to, to million, tens of millions of Americans. We've been trying to get them to do that for months. I, I first suggested it back in March when we passed the original CARES Act, and Senator McConnell clearly doesn't want to do it. I mean, he, he, talks, about, um, he talks about all kinds of other things, um, but the fact is that, 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 that 70% of the public supports this, including a majority of Republicans want an up or down vote, want this $2,000 um, that we can afford to do it will help the economy. It will especially help people um, that are about to be evicted, people who have turned to payday lenders, people who are out of work and need help. And uh, Senator McConnell has just said a resounding no to that, unfortunately. Do you support Bernie Sanders' attempt to force a vote on those stimulus payments by holding up the veto override on the defense bill? Well, I have voted already in the first round to override the, the defense, uh, the president's veto on the defense bill. Um, he, the president has vetoed pay raises for, uh, for servicemen and women. He's vetoed the help that uh, Lima, Ohio, will get with the tank plant and Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, uh, a number of things that are so important in, in, in defense of our country. Um, I've already voted to begin the process of override, but I want to do whatever it takes to get Senator McConnell to just allow a vote. I don't care how McConnell himself votes. I know that he always... He votes for tax cuts for rich people. He doesn't want to vote for help for working families. That's been his his reputation and his career. I don't care how he votes. I just think he needs to put this bill on the floor and let the Senate um, make a decision that all of us should be able to vote on it. It's what the public wants. It will matter dramatically for for millions of Ohio of Ohio families. There is some measure of support on both sides for taking a look at those liability protections for Internet companies, uh, as we mentioned, as one of the uh, precursors to this uh, vote that, the, that, the, that Mitch McConnell has uh, requested and the president has suggested. There is some measure of support across the board on that. Is there uh, any room for compromise? Yeah, there, well, there, nobody understands this issue well enough yet. Uh, on what we should do. And you don't bring a bill when you've got a, a bill that everybody wants to vote on, uh, whether or not we should do this $2,000 direct payment. And then Senator McConnell muddies the waters by bringing an issue that we've not had discussions, we've not had hearings. He just wants to cloud the issue. He just wants to to stop the, um, the, the vote, the clean voting. It's really what people hate about Washington when the public says, I want to see my senator's vote on this. The House has already passed it bipartisanly, overwhelmingly. I want to see my senators vote on it. And then the leader of the Senate, the Republican leader in the Senate says, no, we're going to add it with some other things that are more complicated and more controversial. It's what people don't like about this city and don't like about Congress. Senator McConnell should do his job and just bring the bill up. Let us vote on it. I'm very willing to debate the other two issues and see what we find out about them. But we haven't. We just don't know enough yet about the other two. We don't yet know uh, until after the Georgia runoff election which party will control the Senate next session. Should should Democrats take the majority uh, in the next Congress? Will there be a clean vote on those expanded relief payments? 
Oh, I guarantee that if the Democrats are in the majority, uh, Senator Schumer, the Democratic leader, will bring up uh, will bring this up for a vote. I think if you're if you're a Georgia voter and you want to see the Senate vote on, you want to see this two thousand dollars. You're struggling like so many Americans are doing, uh, or you haven't been able to get by on your three hundred dollar a week unemployment check. Most people can't. Um, you elect a Democratic Senate, you will see those votes brought up. I don't know how they'll come out. I think they'll I think they'll pass, but I, you'll see a Senate that brings these things up for debate and votes. Of course, the first order of business in the new Congress will be certification of the Electoral College vote, and Senator Josh Hawley has already said he will object. Are you at all concerned that this will become a spectacle that will have a lingering effect that will hang over a Biden presidency? Of course, it will be a spectacle. That's what Senator Hawley wants. That's the attention he craves for his 2024 presidential race. That's why he's doing it. But this is really a choice on September, on, November, on January 6th. Are you voting for democracy or are you voting for more suspicion, more undermining of faith in, the, in, in our election system? Trump, former Trump officials have said this, is the, this was the safest, best conducted election in American history. 50 lawsuits have brought by, brought by this president. 50 lawsuits have been struck down by, by judges appointed in many cases by, by President Trump himself has said there is, no, there is no evidence of any fraud. Every time they do this, it undermines democracy. Hawley should be ashamed of himself, pure and simple. We will leave it there. Again, uh, Senator Sherrod Brown with us this morning. Senator, thanks very much for taking the time. Happy New Year. Glad to do it. Happy New Year, Chris. Again, our conversation uh, this past Thursday with uh, Senator Sherrod Brown heading into the new session of Congress. The lingering issues from the last session will be the storylines in this first week of the new session, uh, notably the coronavirus relief package, stimulus uh, payments to Americans, and, of course, the certification of the Electoral College vote, uh, which is scheduled to happen for uh, Wednesday. And, of course, the Georgia runoff election today, or tomorrow, rather, uh, that will set the stage for uh, what will happen in the new Congress, given that the balance of power uh, sort of uh, hinges on that. It should be noted that Democrats... Uh, if they were to sweep the two Georgia runoff elections, would achieve a 50-50 tie in Congress. But uh, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris would then hold the uh, decided vote. So there would be a de facto uh, Democratic majority uh, in the Senate if uh, Democrats were to capture both of those runoff elections. But that is a big if, so it'll be uh, interesting to see how that plays out uh, this week. And, of course, the... Uh, certification of the Electoral College vote. A lot of things going on in Congress as we head into this first week of the new year. And that will put a wraps on our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, goodmornings.net. We are always on 24-7 on the World Wide Web. Coming up tomorrow, instead of adding to an already overwhelming to-do list with your New Year's resolutions, we have seven things to quit doing in the new year. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. And now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.